Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason on Inside Sources. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. As always, I am Boyd Matheson. And of course, we used to always believe in this idea of innocent until proven guilty. Uh, now we may be entering the twilight zone of guilty until you can prove that you're not a criminal in the future. I know that might be a bit of a head scratcher, uh, but that is where we've been heading. And there's some very fascinating things going on in our nation's capital uh, as it relates to kind of the preemptive strike, preemptive criminal fingerprinting. And uh, we're going to break all of that down and uh, take a good hard look at that. J.D. Ticilli, of course, is the contributing editor at Reason, Reason Magazine, Reason.com. And uh, J.D., this is uh, this one caught my attention. This was a we're doing what? <laughs> uh, you got some yeah, you got this, some senators talking this, about uh, what we are and aren't funding, but tell us what we've been funding funding when it comes to preemptive preemptive criminal fingerprinting. Yeah, this is a weird one. It's it's a field called predictive policing, and it's kind of a real life implementation of the movie Minority Report. If anybody remembers yeah. that science fiction movie about you know predicting the future, who might be a criminal to come, and who's going to uh, who's going to commit what crimes in the future, this is an effort to actually do that instead of using you know mind readers and and, and uh, telepathy to instead use uh, computers and algorithms. You, you feed in data. You put in risk factors, and they're supposed to spit out who's at risk for being a criminal and the kind of crimes that they might commit in the future. And if, you, if you're if you already seeing some potential dangers in that, you're probably ahead of the game you know, or relative to the Department of Justice because it's dangerous. You start fingering people for crimes that they have not committed but that your computer says – they will do in the future. And you could put people on the spot and put their life mm. and their liberty at risk. Yeah. And this is what some U.S. senators pointed out. They wrote to the Department of Justice and said, you know what, these these programs are already being implemented around the country. They're, they're kind of turning scary. They're committing some civil rights violations. And since they're funded by the federal government, the Department of Justice, these senators and, um, and a representative – asked the government to stop funding these programs until there's some um, investigation into whether these can be respectful of civil rights and civil liberties and whether they can be rendered accurate at all, whether the government's even going to look into that before it cuts the next check. Yeah, that that is fascinating, uh, this idea of pre-cataloging people who might be statistically more likely to commit a crime, according to the data that the federal government has put into the system. Uh, and, of course, that can lead, as you alluded to, to all kinds of racial profiling, discrimination. Uh, you can have all kinds of things that, that could be factoring in there. Uh, and so, first of all, this is a uh, – the biggest red flag that came up for me was the fact that this is continuing funding. So we've been doing this for a little while, exploring this out. Tell us where we actually are in this process, and then we'll take a look at uh, what happens next. Yeah, this isn't just a bad idea that the government's kicking around. This is something they started implementing and funding 15 years ago, and it's in place around the country. There was a program um, in Pasco County, Florida. They actually implemented predictive policing. They started um, you know, uh, running the data on members of the community, and then they would send police out 
to hassle them based upon their assessment as being at risk of committing crimes that they had not yet committed. Um, one of the a former deputy in Pasco County said that the, the point of the program was to make their lives miserable until they either move or sue. And in fact, a lot of them did sue. The Institute for Justice is representing a bunch of them. It's working its way through the courts. And last year, Pasco County insisted in court documents that it's, it's dropped to the program no longer uh, doing predictive policing um, as an effort, obviously, to he- try to head off more lawsuits. But already you've got people saying the civil liberties are violated by these programs. And in fact, when this same group of uh, some of the senators who asked the government to stop funding these programs, when they asked the Department of Justice to say, OK, how do you assess these programs? We're over a decade into this now. Um, where do we stand? The Department of Justice couldn't even answer how many programs was funding, let alone say, and we've looked at them and they either do or don't pose a threat to civil liberties. They were just throwing money at programs and ending up with Pasco County, Florida's. Wow. Uh, that is, that is stunning that we've been, that we're a decade into this whole thing uh, that nobody can really say that one, does this even work? Is it, <laughs> I mean, let's get into all of the legal ramifications the civil liberties and, and all of those things uh, wrapped into that. Uh, but the fact that nobody can even say what it is or, or whether it's making any difference uh, I, I think is uh, is another big challenge of it as well. So so what is likely to happen next? You've got this group of senators saying, hey, not so fast, my friends. Maybe we shouldn't be funding this kind of work. Uh, what do you see happening and what is likely to happen next? Well, there's enough lawmakers who are concerned about it at this point that they've stopped asking questions and started asking that the money dry up. Mm. And there are lawsuits now generated by the real-life implementation of this. So I think what's going to happen is that predictive policing is going to be on people's radar more. It's going to re- it's going to withdraw out more and more legal responses, and it's going to have to be dealt with as a real problem because it is violating civil liberties. Um, it is not being assessed for effectiveness, let alone its impact on people's uh, civil rights. And it's it's causing great difficulties, uh, just kind of rumbling along without anybody at the wheel. So um, I, th- I think we're going to see at least some response to this, and hopefully they'll rein it in a little bit. Um, fingers crossed. That sometimes is the best you can hope for with the government. We we've been dealing JD with a lot of magic thinking today. So we have we have some magic thinking that's going on in terms of how we're going to fund the government before uh, March first and March eighth. Uh, let alone the fact that we also need to fund the next year, which starts uh, at the end of September in an election year. We've also had magic thinking in terms of the thirty-four trillion dollars that we're currently in debt. And of course, the uh, former president is saying, "Hey, we'll just drill oil and and that will cover it." That's one more version of magic thinking in terms of how we solve it. Uh, I think this predictive policing is is another area of not just magic thinking. I think it is misaligned and uh, fraught with all kinds of disasters kind of thinking. Uh, and so maybe it is magic thinking week uh, in Washington, D.C. Uh, thanks for helping us navigate it. And uh, we'll continue to track this one because this one gets really scary to me uh, the further we go down that path. Hopefully the funding there will actually dry up. J.D., thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me on. J.D. Ticilli, former managing editor of Reason, current contributing editor, Reason, Reason Magazine, Reason.com. You can always look to his writing. It is always crisp. uh, It is deep dive, uh, and it will help you connect the dots on these kinds of things. I had no idea we had this whole idea of predictive policing, uh, that we're going to fingerprint it and get in a database based on the input that we put in that may tell us that there's a chance. They're saying there's a chance that you may commit a crime 10 years from now. So we're going to get you in the system. So when you do commit that crime 10 years from now, we're going to have your fingerprints so we can haul you in. 
Uh, and again, there are so many civil liberties. There's so many uh, different components of this that are just wildly off the charts. Uh, clearly will not hold up in court to be sure. Uh, will trigger all kinds of lawsuits. And yet we've been funding it and we're anticipating funding it again. And good work uh, by some of the members of the House and the Senate to raise the flag and say, wait a minute, let's think again about what we're actually doing. Uh, And hopefully those that have uh, raised the alarm bells uh, and called for these uh, programs, these uh, predictive and preemptive policing systems to not be funded moving forward, that is just a disaster waiting to happen. Uh, And it sounds like in a few places where they've tested it, the disaster has actually come. Uh, and the lawsuits have been filed. Civil liberties have been violated. There's been uh, discrimination. Uh, that's not how you go about this. Again, nice magic thinking in terms of how we're going to beat criminals to the punch. And uh, it's sort of like pre-arresting them. Uh, so I'm going to make my predictive, not predictive policing. I'm just going to make my prediction that predictive and preemptive policing uh, is going to fail miserably uh, and I hope it doesn't get funded this time around. Uh, that is should not be part of the way we do business here in the United States of America. That's just not the way it works. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up our hour number one of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. We are going to go ahead and step aside for some top of the hour news, but don't go anywhere. We're going to have a big hour number two coming up, including taking a look at an important event that took place in our nation's capital actually at the National Cathedral last night, including Utah's Governor Spencer Cox, along with the Governor of Maryland, Wes Moore, and others as we look at a different kind of conversation coming out of our nation's capital. We'll take you there to some really interesting insight. Coming up next on Inside Sources, stick around. KSL FM Midvale. KSL Salt Lake City. From the KSL Common Spirit Health Studios. This is KSL News Radio. Utah's news, traffic, and weather station.